genre. Cornetto Minute, the daily podcast where we crawl our way to the bitter end of the world's end, one minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez. Today we're preparing to annihilate Minute 83, which begins with Andy rolling under the modern art statue and ends with Gary crossing off the hole in the wall and diving through a window. Yeah. <laughs> it really does. Yep. Um, Scott Pilgrim style. <laughs> it kind of is, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it's all done in one shot, like Scott Pilgrim. That's very true. Yeah. Um... A lot going on in this minute. A lot going on in this minute, yeah. So I guess the first thing I want to bring up is the fact that um, Andy is in full-blown rugby mode. Oh, yeah. He rolls out of the way of the modern art thing, uh, punching him, which it's cool. I like that detail of its, of its arm getting stuck in the paper. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's just a great to show like, how hard it was go- going, going, going in. Yeah. yeah, and it kind of shows the audience, like, okay, he has a little bit of time. Right. Um. And uh, but he's full on rugby mode. And what I like about that, because he's running and pushing people out of the way. Right. And then when he gets into the hole in the wall, uh, we've got Gary behind the bar pulling himself another pint. Mm -hmm. And he points and says behind you, which is exactly what happens at the beginning of the movie when he's playing rugby and Gary's watching. He's like smoking and pointing. Oh whoa! Yeah, so it's another it's another recreation of, wow. of the the flashbacks from the beginning. That's great. Yeah, and it just shows how instinctive it is for both of these guys to look out for one another. Right, right. Um, that's just uh, it's just their relationship. Uh, I I love that he he kicks this thing's head off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, the I, I think it's funny that the that the the, the motorcycle cop just mm-hmm. keeps coming back. Yeah, he's sort of a really handy. He has such a memorable look. Where you're like, oh, that's the that that's the highway patrol cop. Yeah. Um. I almost wonder. Is there? I'm trying to think if there's a way to argue that he is like. Almost a representative of Hot Fuzz in a way, <laughs> yeah. You know, like a like a representation of that film, right? Come on, um, keep, 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 you know, not dying, right? Right. Keep it just coming. keeps getting in the way, yeah. Um, you know, like it just it keeps. Remember the, me? The ghost of the movie just keeps showing up and ruining yeah. everybody's time. No. of this, um, where everyone's like, "Oh, I do like Hot Fuzz Hot more. Hot Fuzz is great. Hot Fuzz is more fun than this. <laughs> uh, this is a bummer." <laughs> Wonder what would happen if Gary and Danny went to Hawaii. Yeah. Is there a is there a representation of Sean in the movie? Sean of the Dead? Like a slacker? Well, yeah, is there is there something something in the movie that you we, could argue? We, we for? have remarked that the blanks have kind of become like the fast zombies. Yeah, I mean there is that for uh, sure. Another uh horde representing conformity. Yeah. Um yeah, I guess I don't know that there's a, a di- more of a direct one than yeah um, than Hot Fuzz. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's interesting because it does feel a bit like Edgar Wright made this movie 
and the reaction by audiences, right? Not by critics, because critics love this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but audiences were very divided on it. Um, and for the most part, kind of just agreed that this was the weakest one. Sure. And uh, I think that I, I'm sure that was very frustrating for Edgar Wright. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. For, for, I mean, for, for it to be frustrating for us as fans of it and sort of watching the, the work that he and Peg put into this, mm-hmm. writing it and then making it because mm-hmm. it's also so well crafted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That for it to be met with such indifference, mm-hmm. I'm sure must have been really frustrating. Yeah. And just, you know, Baffle that he, it. that he wanted, to do something different and it didn't pay off. Yeah, that it it wasn't met as warmly right. or enthusiastically as as That's hot just, fuzz upon release. Right. Whereas like Shaun of the Dead was kind of this like after the fact cold hit. Right. Hot fuzz was immediately like, whoa. Right. As opposed to um you know, because he came off the height of two films, mm-hmm. Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz. And then Scott Pilgrim, I think, while Early audiences all agreed that the movie was great, mm. and and critics are pretty are kind of more divided on that one than yeah. any of his other ones. What I is think. this? Yeah, uh, I think older critics really don't understand right. it. Um, but, but then but it, the the story of it quickly became that it underperformed, right? That it that, bombed. That it bombed. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think that you know coming back here, it's interesting. I wonder if he felt. Like he needed to redeem himself in some way, right? Yeah, you, you hear the you hear these stories about Scorsese mm-hmm. or Coppola mm-hmm. coming off of bombs, mm-hmm. or Spielberg mm-hmm. being like, "Oh, am I? Oh, crap! Mm-hmm. It it's not a I, I could I could stop making movies." Yeah, you know, yeah. If this if this one underperforms, yeah, yeah. I wonder too. Um, is there a little bit of that in the plot of this? In the story of this? Is there a mm-hmm. little bit of? Edgar feeling like he needs to prove himself, like sure, in you know, in a way, yeah, yeah, because I mean, like it, it's difficult to verbalize, maybe to our younger listeners, mm-hmm. but in the world of two thousand and seven, around like or before this movie came out, Edgar Wright was kind of this like, well, you know, he, he, he I remember like Hot Fuzz, like from the guys who brought you Shaun of the Dead, right? He was sort of in the same. People spoke of him. In the same circle as like Judd Apatow, Apatow, mm-hmm. or like he was a comedy guy, he was a funny man, he was yeah. a comedic filmmaker, right? Maybe they were like comparing him to like Harold Ramis uh-huh. or something. But then like I don't even know that people knew that he wanted to make stuff like this, right? That could right. be this different, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you know, and then I think I think it it is unfortunate that this wasn't his redemption. Mm-hmm. You know, from uh, the public at large, yeah. this this I think to the public at large, this felt like another miss. Yeah. Um, in terms of like, but it's also not remembered as like a huge fiat, like a bomb, like a Jupiter ascending. It's just no. kind of dismissed, right? Or it's forgotten. Just, it's just dismissed. Um, whereas like Scott Pilgrim was just like, oh, they gave him a budget and he he fucked it up, right? Yeah. Like it, that that movie, he made the mistake of casting Michael Sarah, mm-hmm. uh, and it ruined the movie. Yeah, I think I think that was like that was the largely the thing that I remember. Yeah, I remember there were there would be like articles in Entertainment Weekly and what have you about like Michael Sarah burnout. Right, because he was, because you know, he largely kind of played the same guy and everything. Yeah. Um, and then that's that's why. But then I hated the argument about that with Scott Pilgrim because he's very much not playing Michael Sarah in that movie. 
Yeah. Yeah. He's he's playing on like an aggressive, cocky dick. Right. But then who's not smart. Right. Michael then, yeah, Michael Sarah Superbad is smart. Right. What are you but, gonna say? But then like everyone I don't I don't know if it's just something about his vibe. Yeah, or maybe or you know, maybe enough people saw the trailer for it. For Scott Pilgrim, and we're like, I know what this is. Fuck this, which is insane. <laughs> yeah, the idea of watching the one of the greatest trailers you and I have ever seen. Yeah, the Invaders Must Die trailer. Oh my god! And, and being like, yeah, I'll go see, I'll go see Expendables. I'll wait till video. I'll wait till video. Oh god. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it was. It was a very dismissed film, mm-hmm. uh, Scott Pilgrim. I had to drag people every time. Me too, yeah. Every single time I went to see that movie in theaters. I remember feeling so like uh like over like when when I went to college that fall and met other people that didn't think that it was a stupid Michael Sarah movie that also got why it was really cool and like Zelda references. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. my my people, my friends. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I mean, everyone at, like, we're going to go see Scott Pilgrim and they're like, Oh no, that's okay. I'm not, I'm not going to go good. to that. I yeah. was like, no, you really need to. And like, no one c- would believe me. Cause it was also like kind of at the, the, the start of like the hipster back, like a version yeah. where a hipster was something that people were like, Oh, I don't want people to think I'm that. Is that a thing you can be? Like right. that sucks. Which is weird because like, I, I felt like, I feel like people didn't really know what a hipster was. Yeah. It was kind of like emo. It like became yeah. like this this catch all term for like a certain look, yeah. Rather than like a personality type, which mm-hmm. is what it was meant to be, yeah. Um, it's and, yeah, it's weird. When, when you watch when you watch Scott Pilgrim, you can really you can really see. To me, it, it, it feels a lot like Richard Lester, in that like there's this kind of cool mod energy to it. Mm-hmm. A kind of like you know when you watch like The Knack and How to Get It or A Hard Day's Night. It, those are cool movies, but they're not like I don't know. They just have this kind of pep and energy, mm-hmm. and I kind of and there's like a they they try stuff with color and editing. That yeah, I find in Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, and I think we get so little stuff like that now that we almost don't know how to digest it when it comes out when it's coming from a different laboratory than most of the stuff that we get. Yeah, yeah, especially in 2010. Yeah, um, and then off of that you know, quote unquote failure. Mm-hmm. He gets, he, he goes back to his roots, Kevin Smith style. <laughs> he goes back to Jersey. Yeah. And, uh, and does the, uh, a third Cornetto film and the, you know, he got the critical respect this time, mm-hmm. full blown critical respect. Uh, and, and, but the, but the audience wasn't there for it. Yeah. The audience were just like, I don't know what this is. I don't, I don't get why he yeah. would do this. But it was really, but it was really encouraging to film critics and potentially other filmmakers to be like, oh, this dude, this dude's in it for the long haul. Yeah, this, this is a film. This he's a he's a filmmaker. He's a filmmaker. Yeah, this is this is a guy that we could be watching for the rest of his life. I think after the after this movie, that's when the conversation started to to shift. To him being more in the in the realm of like a Tarantino, a Tarantino or a Scorsese, yeah, or like oh, what's his next movie going to be? And it stopped being what franchise is this guy going to get eaten by next? Right. You know. Although the next thing he was supposed to do was Ant Man. Oh, this was before he got kicked off of it. Yeah. 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 And now you only 
you don't even really hear his name and it really is like about what he's going to do next. Right. After Brave Baby Driver, which ironically was sort of a big sleeper commercial hit. Right. But but the critics were the critics kind of, were kind of divided on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh more divided on it like like Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Um where this is all pop, no substance. Right, right. And they're right. They're right. <laughs> um I mean I you know, I, I, I enjoy that movie. I'm never gonna watch it again. Uh mm-hmm. but for uh reasons, read the news. Sure. Um but but uh, yeah, in the summer of twenty seventeen. Yeah. It was a fun ride. Right, exactly. Um, you know, I saw it six times in theaters. I'm glad that I did. Um, so you're good. Yeah, I'm good. You could not you could not see Baby Driver for the rest of your life and still have seen Baby Driver more than many people. Right. That's true. Um, I mean and, and the thing about it is like it it wasn't it wasn't so much the movie that I enjoyed as the it was the experience watching the movie. Yeah, because there's not a lot of heart to it. No. When compared to his other films, you don't really wanna oh, I wanna hang out with buddy no and, i don't want to hang out with any of those and people deborah yeah well I'd, I'd hang out with deborah yeah no for sure but you, <laughs> like, you, but you don't like remember deborah the way that you remember like other characters you know like, yeah. i don't know like the, these movies are his movies are so rich in character mm-hmm. from scott pilgrim to Shaun of the dead mm-hmm. you know we, we when we were doing that show we couldn't get over how fun dave and die were right it was more like watching a really good music video which seems obvious yeah. in in terms of like you know what the, what what it was, which yeah. is essentially a, 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 a yeah. you know a musical without any singing. But uh, it's, it's it's it has it reminds me of like oh man I gotta I gotta watch that like really intricate cool yeah. music video again. It kind of reminds me of when you would hear about people that would go and see like Annihilation four or five times mm-hmm. during the movie pass days, mm-hmm. or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood last summer mm-hmm. or Midsummer, mm-hmm. where it's just a vibe. Yeah. And you just like, I want to feel that again. That's how I felt about this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I think, you know, I mean, I, I loved hanging out with these characters, too, mm-hmm. but the vibe of it was very much my shit. Yeah. Um, which so, is why I saw it so many times. Definitely. Um, and, and because it was, like, it, it really rewarding. Um, but uh, It's kind of become the thing that I've come to cherish about watching stuff at home. Because mm-hmm. we've gone, this is now the longest I've gone in my whole life without going to the movies. Yeah, of course, me and, too. Yeah, yeah, and and, uh, and it's, I I feel like I haven't really been feeling the loss as much because I've been enjoying like, oh, I could just put this on again in my room, yeah, and just watch it and write or yeah, make it make a tea, yeah, and just live in it, yeah, for a while. And I never used to do that before. I was yeah. never a big like home viewer. You remember, yeah. Um, so it's been an interesting transition. I don't know why I'm talking about it on the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, anyway. So he's uh, he's pouring himself a. Um, he's down to business. Yeah, he's pouring himself a. It's looks a like Wi-Fi a, hotspot. That's cool. It looks like a Fosters. I think yeah, he's pulling. Yeah, they got Fosters. Well, that's a Fosters. He's not drinking the Fosters. He's no. drinking whatever's next to it. I don't. I can't see what it is. I don't think he knows. Um, yeah, I don't think he cares. I think he just. Is pulling one. I I will say um, that is one of the more unrealistic parts of the movie, uh, which is that you know he's in a closed pub and is just pulling himself a pint. Yeah. Um. All of the all of those are like locked. They have like okay. locks so that you can't pull them. Yes. So that no one can steal beer. Got it. Um, who would steal beer in Newton Haven? Yeah, I guess that's true. Maybe they just. Or maybe they're leaving it open as a as, <laughs> like a, a, trap. as a trap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's a, that's entirely possible. Um, I will say that one of the things that I can't, I, I think, is a weird reaction to have to this movie um, that I do have 
is the jealousy and desire, deep-seated desire, to be able to down a pint of beer the way that Gary does. It's like Jed Bartlett putting on a jacket. Yeah, there's just something like I like I I know he's unhealthy and I know that this sure. is bad. Yeah, but like also, goddamn, it's cool. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. It's like Don Draper and smoking. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's pretty cool the way you can just down that pint like that. Um, <laughs> it's it's kind of like, like yeah, it's bad that he's doing this. But when you go back to him staring at the map, he's like, I can down a pint in like two seconds. Yeah, like I can do this. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna be in and out of bar eleven. Right. In like under a minute. Yeah. And then the beast going through the bar is such a fist pump moment. It's the hole in the wall. Yeah. There the it hole is. in the wall. Yeah. And it goes back to another uh, motif of the movie. Uh, Gary's Gary's never get, – he's getting exactly what he wants. Steven's there. They're right. all together again. Right. They can't stay away from each other. No. No. Because, you know, ultimately at the, at the end of the day, uh, they do care about each other even if – they spent half their life pretending that they don't. Yeah. Um, they do, mm-hmm. you know? And and I do feel like if a friend of mine from high school, someone I haven't talked to in years and years, mm-hmm. just came out of nowhere and was like, you know, like showed up my doorstep or something. Yeah. Uh, maybe not in the middle of a pandemic, but like <laughs> afterward, uh, I, I and asked for my help. I, I feel like I wouldn't be able to turn them down. Sure. Like, I yeah. feel like I, I, I just... Yeah, you know it's well. It's it's tough. It's such a the bonds we form when we're that age that these characters were were so we're at our most social. I remember my my friendships were everything when I was that age. Yeah, of course. And my people, and it mattered, like not seeing them or like getting, you know, in trouble or something, you know, or that. Yeah, it's because like we were just looking for validation. Yeah sense of togetherness like oh these people. i i i think i think it is ultimately validation because because yeah. you're not validated by your parents in that way in the way yeah. of like oh you're a real human with real opinions mm-hmm. because they're so much older and and you know quote unquote wiser yeah, than you yeah, yeah. that like they're a little dismissive and they don't mean to be mm-hmm. but like i think that's one of the things that that that's why we start making those bonds in high school and, yeah. and middle school is that we want those friendships of people who see my opinions as valid. Yeah, you're you're he. Oh, this person appreciates the person that I'm becoming. Right, or this new part of me. Oh, this person likes Pogs as much as I do. Yeah. They get it. You this, know, this person also gets why Sisters of Mercy is the greatest band. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like wants to go reenact scenes from Aliens. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, with a real knife. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I like that. Um, and it's you can, it's great, even in these fleeting moments, because Gary's not in, not, not, he's not in one place for very long. You can sense that he's rejuvenated. Mm-hmm. He's been, he's been filled with a kind of energy. Yeah, of like purpose. Purpose. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, I really, I, 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 I really, uh, I just like the vibe of these last few. Yeah, they're so like breakneck. Yeah. Um, and I just, I like that the hole in the wall is, he's just basically like a run through, <laughs> Yeah, you know, like, like yeah. it, they're, they're not in here very long. No. Um, I can't even really tell you what this place looks like, to be honest. Um, I'm like trying to, it looks really small. It does look very small, like a hole in the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it's just it's, it almost looks like an airport bar yeah yeah actually um but yeah you can tell it's it's a little bit as as half-assed as anything in an edgar wright movie can be i feel like <laughs> this is the most half-assed set mm-hmm. um just because well what's interesting like, is every part of it is used yeah, there's, exactly. There's a bar because there has to be a bar. Yeah. There's an entrance because that's where the blanks come in. And then there's the window for the beast to drive through. Right. Um, God, that I bet that was a fun day on set is yeah. driving the beast through the yeah. set. It's, it looks great. Yeah. Because it really is. I mean, it's it's like it's great sort of like old school effect effect of yeah. like, no, it, we really did that. We just did it. Yeah, we just did it. We just drove it through. Mm-hmm. Um. And I like it's not like five cuts in the middle of it, right? You know, and I like that outside. It's uh, you can tell that this is just a set because, like, outside there's no detail. Yeah, uh, because they're they're blocking the detail with um, the lights of the blanks, mm-hmm. you know, and so it just it's just blackness and then yeah. the, the lights. It's really savvy. God, it's good. Um, anyway, I really like this movie. <laughs> Me too. It's it's reminding me of how you were able to like the that 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 finale of Shaun of the Dead felt fucking epic. Yes, because you just felt like there was an endless wave of zombies. Yes, and it was just because it was very controlled with what Edgar Wright let you see. Yeah, yeah, and it's, those amazing uh, space fans extras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just that's that's how he controlled the budget. You know, um, is uh, that's that's the benefit of of planning this stuff to within an inch of its life. You know who I think would work together really well? Ed- uh, Edgar Wright and Kathleen Kennedy. Wow, yeah. Kathleen yeah. Kennedy would work really well with Edgar Wright. Yeah. Of like, oh no, I know exactly what I'm going to go in and do. I'm not yeah. going to not going to be a wasted minute on that set. No, yeah. I almost wonder like if they've ever had a meeting together, if yeah. if she's ever like invited him into the fold at mm-hmm. Star Wars, it's like especially with them needing new stuff. Like, right, why yeah. not? Like, just give him like a one shot movie about whatever he wants get to him do. Like, get him like a, a, a feel like a Canto bite heist movie. Whatever. Yeah. Like, like give him whatever he wants. Yeah. Like, have you ever thought about what a, what a movie in Star Wars would look like for you? Yeah. Just think um, about that. Because he's never done a like a like. This is the closest thing to science fiction. He's That's ever true. Done, yeah. You know. Um. And so, like that. I, what does I, an Edgar Wright spaceship look like? I don't know. You know? Yeah. yeah. I would be really interested in what that would be. Um. I, I don't know how interested he would be in doing it. Right, yeah. But, like, Edgar Wright doing, like, an earnest Star Wars movie. Yeah, like a space opera. It's just, like, one shot, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, Star like, Wars story. Yeah, let's what, not... Whatever let's, whatever that looks like he, in the future. Right, exactly. But, like, I, I think that they would work together really well because mm-hmm. of how, how planned out he is. Where it's like, you're not going to get any surprises. Yeah. Like, he's going to show you the entire movie in storyboards before he shoots a frame. Yeah. Um, I also think that uh, James Gunn would also work really well, definitely uh, under Kathleen Kennedy for the same reasons. Yeah, just like rehearses pre, like yeah, pre production. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you plan everything within an inch of your life. There's no surprises on set. That was the reason the Lord Miller didn't work is because they don't know what they're doing when they show up. Yeah, they're just shooting stuff and then they they build it in post because that's what they're used to from animation, from mm-hmm. working in animation. Yeah, because um, everything is done in post and animation. And, uh, uh, yeah, so it's, that's really interesting. I've never really thought about it from, from a working relationship. Right. As opposed, to, as opposed to an artistic connection or something. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause like I, they, it, it seems like you would want to link Edgar Wright and, 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 uh, uh, James Gunn in with Lord Miller. 
Right. Right. Because, because of they the, make, the, the output. They make similar types of movies yes. ultimately, but they go about it in very different they ways. They go about it in very different ways. Mm-hmm. And and the way that James Gunn and Edgar Wright work is more what Kathleen Kennedy looks for in uh director. Yeah. Which is interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah. Oh, well. Anyway. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, uh, I think that's I think that's all we got here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks for thanks for listening, everybody. Check out the other podcasts at duelinggenre.com. Lord huh? of the Rings Minute. Lord of the Rings Minute is uh, I don't see, I wouldn't say they're wrapping up. I guess they're wrapping up relatively speaking. They're wrapping up in the way that that movie wraps up, right? Just very slowly and with great purpose. Yes. Um. So they're working on that. Uh. Over on this, they're on the back half of Return of the King now. Have you listened to that TMNT Minute D and D campaign yet? Not yet, but that's a thing. Um. TMNT Minute between seasons, they're doing a uh, a, a TMNT themed Dungeons and Dragons are like tabletop RPG thing. Yeah. Uh. With a score written by Scott Tofty. That's great. Um. Which is sort of like a recreation of of uh the. The like 1990 Ninja Turtle score, right, right. So he's doing he's doing it in that vibe, and um, you know all of the the hosts are playing a different turtle. Um, Cake Boss Ralph is playing Donatello, great, uh, because Rachel <laughs> couldn't play one of the the four turtles, so they created a new mutant for her to play, like uh, like the Fox Show in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't think she's playing a turtle though. I think she's playing a different mutant. Oh, cool. I think she's, she might be playing a fox actually. Okay. I love oh, like a Toka Razor type deal. Yeah. It looks like, looks like she's got like a big tail on the cover okay. of the, of the. Oh, RPG that's her theme. character? I think so. Okay. That's I a think cool. I think that's who her character is. Yeah. The cover art was really cool. Yeah. So, uh, so check that out. Um, it's, uh, it's just on the TMNT minute feed. They're doing 15 weekly episodes and the first one's out. The second one will be out this weekend. So. Uh, check that out yeah. and all the other stuff that we've got going on at DuelingGenre.com. Definitely. Uh, and tomorrow we'll be back with Minute 84. But for now, let's boo it.